Welcome to Britpop Banter. I'm Hello. Liz. I'm Kevin. And I'm doing the intro. I know. Because I love Paul Weller on this album. <laughs> so, this is The Best Albums of Britpop mm-hmm. by Kevin Liz. <laughs> and this is episode 45. And today we are talking about Stanley Road by Paul Weller. In at number seven. How are you feeling about that, Kev? <laughs> I love how you read it verbatim as well, like one for one. Um, how do I feel about it? I'm good. I'm good. I'm all right. As long... Um, are you going to ask me how... What's the story episode? Let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a good episode and it's it's still to air because we're trying to back up a couple because I go on holiday. Where are you going? So I'm going to Fiji tomorrow. Fiji time. Chemical Brothers tonight. Woo woo. So, uh, in a pretty good mood. Need this holiday, man. Need this holiday. So, um, yeah, so Oasis hasn't dropped, so we've yet to get some feedback on that. And then off the back of that, we're doing this as well. So, um, I think the Was Story episode was a good episode. Yeah, I do. There's a lot of good conversation there. You talked about your love for Oasis and, and that album. You talked about your love for Judy and, and how you got into playing the guitar. Um, overall, I thought it was a pretty two hours, pretty good episode. Um, can't wait to hear what sort of everyone's feedback is. How do I feel about this beating what's the story? Mm-hmm. Comfortable with it. Comfortable with it. I think, and I, I sort of hinted at it last last episode, is that you always loved this album. You always loved Paul Weller. And for me, it took a, it took a real... I, I don't know why I couldn't get into Paul Weller. I just couldn't. But this the songs of this album is what attra- attracted me to liking Paul Weller and this album. So yeah, I think I think the singles hold up a lot stronger than what's the story. Some of the songs oh. you, you, come on. Come on. We'll get into that, Kev. Okay. You're just jumping ahead here. Don't make me rein you in. Okay. But anyway, I'm comfortable. Long story short, very comfortable talking about Paul Weller. This is a, a brilliant, brilliant album. Do you want to continue your introduction? I do. So you can get us on Twitter and Facebook at Britpop Banter and an email BritpopBanter at gmail.com. We do love to hear from you. Any questions, any ratings are welcome. And we just love to hear I from you. Haven't had a review in a while. No, since no since reviews August. for a while. Since August, is it? Yeah, it's been a long time. Come so- on, people. You're better than that. <laughs> Come on. It's a bit disappointing when you don't get a review for ages. You're like, what's going on? And people, more people are listening to us. Just leave a review. If you oh, haven't done it, shame on you. Uh, 100%. Please leave us one. Yeah, leave us a rating. And then the second one is, we need some more guilty pleasures to round out this season. Right? We're a couple short and we, we may need to dip back into our well. Oh, you don't want me to do that? I've got a belter for you if no one comes through on it. So if you've got a guilty pleasure, um, send it through to us. And uh, chance I'll we'll get to it by the end of the season. All views expressed on this podcast are 100% our own and while we poke fun at some bands and artists, we appreciate their talent and sacrifice to create these albums. Lovely. Good introduction, Leslie. Well done. Your best so far. Thanks. I feel like I was at least semi-literate, so that's (laughs) a bonus (laughs) for everybody. We won't mention the, uh, the take before... That one, but that's fine. No, what that's fine. Um, what did you think of? I mean, the Oasis episode was really your episode. So, what did? How do you feel about it? And also, how do you feel about this album? Um, so I love this album, and I loved the previous album as well. Um, I think I gave that album, um, what's the story? 
a very good backing. I think I really well, you just, whenever put it's myself... Oasis, yeah, you, whenever it's Oasis, they can do no wrong. You go into this, like, little babyish, like, no, 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 and anything that... I mean, they could do anything. They attacked each other with a cricket bat, and you were like, no, oh, so... It's kind of cute. Yeah, it's that, that's what I mean. It's just endearing. It's just, oh, they're just brothers. Yeah. It's just, this is what you get, like, when it's Oasis. But, oh. yeah, you did... You, you, it was a uh, fun episode. Good episode. Yeah. Um... And Paul Weller beating them? How do you feel about that? Oh no. Is that a bit early for me to... Um, they're different albums, right? So that's... Yeah, I have loved this album for probably maybe as long as mm-hmm. What's the Story. Well, they came out roughly the same time as well. So... And this does have sentimental... Like, I do, I do love it. Sentimental. And um, for me, I do... It's a quality album. It's quality. And it will stand up for years and years. Oh, yeah. Like, this is probably one of these timeless albums. I totally agree with you. And so for that reason, I'm comfortable with it. Okay, good. And to be honest, Paul Weller is a... Like, he's a music genius. He's a god of the music world. So you kind of go... For him to be in our top ten is completely fitting. Yeah. For him to be above What's the Story, I'm I'm comfortable with it. Are you good? You good? Okay. I'm comfortable. I don't know. I wouldn't have been bothered either way. Be interesting to see what's after Oasis and Powella. Yeah, this is where it gets weird. This is where it gets a bit tricky, doesn't it? Um, because I'm not entirely sh- like I'm hopeful that I love all of the next albums. Okay. I don't want any curveballs. Okay, so I just don't know if I could take it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so given, uh, so we had Wildwood. I think probably about what number? Th- what was it? Number eleven, twelve, something like that. Something high. And Stanley yeah. Road is down here, so maybe about five spots difference. How do you how do you feel about that? Oh, I prefer Stanley Road. Okay. Oh, uh, and I think my ratings will confirm that. Okay. Um, I. Yeah, because I don't think with with Wildwood, and I think we spoke about it. Mm-hmm. There aren't as many big hits, mm-hmm. and there are a couple of songs on Wildwood that are not. I think this is a so like this album is so solid. Yeah, and we'll talk to the tracks, but there's literally only one track that I'm not fond of, Ooh, and it's only fond, not fond. It's not like I dislike or don't like okay. or whatever. Okay, but it's every single song on this album is just, I think, brilliant. And so, okay, I yeah, I prefer. This is a more accessible album to Wildwood as well. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you were going to get into Paul Weller, if you just never heard him in your life before. You'd always probably give somebody Stanley Road first. Yeah, it's got more um, accessible singles on yeah. it as well, which we'll get into a bit later on. Um, side note: We've got the same hairstyle today. Oh well, we don't because I don't shave the back of mine, but that's just to put that out there. So what's, um, what's it got? Well, it's it's actually just it's really putting me off. If I'm honest, I'm gonna have to stay at the floor for the majority of this podcast because I can't take you seriously with that top knot. Because you look like a FIFA player. Is that a bad thing? Yeah. Oh, it is? Yeah, because I'm sure that's a bit outdated now. Because that's FIFA 15. <laughs> My top knot is FIFA 15. So, <laughs> to be fair, I, I had a top knot about FIFA 15. Yeah, And it took me this long to grow it back yeah. again. So, um, the thing is, all I'll say is, it's as long as you're comfortable with it, and well, you... That, that makes me feel really bad. And you feel, you know, confident and happy enough to... Pull it you off. know, yeah, then you know, I'll back you, but 
It doesn't you, sound like you will. It's oh, oh, yeah, will. I mean, if it looks like that, the Chemical Brothers, will. well, then they'll probably be. I'll just text you at the end to like, ask you how it went. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, but yeah. You know what the top knot's affectionately known as? For me, what the dod knot. Sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds good. It doesn't. No? Sounds like something you were made to do in guides. Do a dod knot? Yeah. <laughs> here's, here's a 40 year old hair, make it into a dod knot. Yeah, you have to tie knots. <laughs> um, it's the same hairstyle as you. It's exactly why is it? It's so- really not. And I'm a girl, shall we talk, like, seriously. And I have long hair. And I'm just tying my hair back up for, because it's the first thing in the morning. <laughs> Which is absolutely so. Well, that's the same as mine. This is this is. But you don't necessarily have to do that because it's the tiniest little ponytail. It looks like a. It's quite big. Mouse's tail. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say rat's tail, but it's not even that cool. <laughs> Mouse's tail. <laughs> so they're very different. I don't think you can really compare. I did this. I did this deliberately just to get you. I that. it's working because I don't know where I'm going. You don't know what to do. No, nah, I'm looking the window, <laughs> looking on the floor, checking out the carpet. It's this nice. Is, this is my midlife crisis. It's coming on strong. Oh, it's very strong. <laughs> <laughs> right, shall we get into this? All oh, right, we have a new challenge. Haven't had one in a while. All right. I don't think you're going to like it though. Good. Have I liked any of them? Let's be fair. Uh, (laughs) Um, So this is from Richie in Florida In Florida Whoa I know And he's just I've always wanted to go to Florida Well he was just telling me how hot it was in Florida And I'm like that's mental Um, But yeah so The auteurs (laughs) Mm. (laughs) So what's the challenge? How quickly I turn off my stereo (laughs) So he's given us 10, 10 of the auteurs best. So he's a, he's a big fan of the, the auteurs. Uh, and he believes that they are in part responsible for Britpop. Oh, so I read. And um, he feels that they don't get the credit that they deserve. Okay. And we But been... like your top knot. Don't <laughs> <laughs> knot. Uh, and he, he feels that we need to give them another chance. So we've got 10 songs across all their albums um, that we're going we're gonna to listen to and... and can I be honest? No, genuinely. This is about the hair again. No, no, it's about the auteurs. I'm actually glad this is happening because I have read so much about the auteurs, about kicking off Britpop, and that they are an underrated band and they have such a big fan base and they get talked about a lot. Yeah. We did, I wasn't really familiar with them when we did the Exorcist. Well, I knew of them, yeah. but I hadn't really ever listened to them. Yeah, yeah. When we did the ratings, and when I was listening to all those other, like all the albums I had to listen to, I found it a chore. They probably didn't get the attention they deserved from me. Yeah, okay. I'm actually excited by it because I might be pleasantly surprised. Okay. Because we've gone through this whole exercise now and we've listened to a ton of music. So much. So, you know, it could be now I am going to go open into this with a very open mind. Okay. And I am willing to be convinced that I will be a fan of the auteurs. So no pressure. These better be their 10 best songs. Okay. Richie believes they are. Well, Richie, let's see. Let's see. So, so next will, week's... Yeah. Okay, and you're happy with the challenge. Uh-huh. So good. All right, all right. Excellent, excellent. Uh, you got anything else before we get into Song of the Week? 
Song of the week, song of the week, song of the week. No, don't. <laughs> Baby bird. Can't do that. Can't do that. So, Baby Bird, it's the song No Cameras from the album Photosynthesis. So he bangs out the albums. He, like, he's already working on this is This is a new album this year, and he's already got taken pre-orders for his next album, which is, which is apparently called Dead. Uh-huh. So this is actually produced... But I know how we sometimes talk to uh, like Britpop one-liners and stuff like that from Rewind Fast Forward on Twitter. Yes. So it's Ben who runs that, and he's the producer of the album. Oh, well done. Okay. So, so, uh, so back to Baby Bird. He's touring the UK right now, all the way through to November and December. This is, I really like the song, and there's an awesome loop at the end, which is which is really good. It's really dark, twisted, and and it's just awesome. So, Baby Bird, no cameras. The light. Go out one by one behind their eyes as the buildings come down.
No cameras. What do you think of the look at the end? Yeah, it was good. Okay, all right. I, I dig it. I dig it. So if you like it, the album is photosynthesis. However, like I said, he's he's working on a new album right now. Homework or as lessons, 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 lessons. Listen to these albums. <laughs> so this week's homework. I'm, into, I'm very keen to hear how you feel about this one. So we had Blenavin, Everything That Makes You Happy. And then we also had our fellow Scots, Declan Welsh and the Decadent West. So we'll start with um, Blenavin. So the album is Everything That Makes You Happy. So they're an English indie rock band. They're based out of Hampshire. They have four members, Ben on vocals, Frank on bass, Scott on guitar and Harris on the drums. They formed in 2013. They released their first album in 2017. That was named That's Your Lot. That album reached 54 in the UK album charts. This is their second studio album. Oh, um, okay. I think we got recommended their first album from a listener. Yep, carry on. So, um, kick straight into reviews. So, NME. Four out of five. Created in fraught circumstances, the band's second album is a testament to strength and community at tough times. What happened? So, Blenavon singer Brit Ben Gregory has described the band's second album, Everything That Makes You Happy, as an optimistic response to a difficult time. In a note shared to fans at the start of the year, the frontman detailed he'd been hospitalised due to a stress-related breakdown. Oh, God. And a number of tours were later, later cancelled across the year. If you are in pain, there is always a way forward, the note concluded. Take a second to ask if your friends are okay. Please don't push them away. Wow, I have no idea. Mm. So, playing out as a journey in the same way that real-life circumstances around the album have, the album concludes with its title track, which travels from a fidgety beginning towards a surging, surging anthemic finale that feels like an opening to a new era. Wow. Mm. Okay. So DIY. Four out of five. Okay. Yep. DIY mag. Four and a half out of five. Mm. Um, this is an overwhelmingly uplifting album, despite being born out of a place of darkness. Wow. Beautiful and unflinching, it pulls on the heartstrings with Ben laying out his struggles across ten melodic ten um, indie rock anthems, from the song's never going to be the same, a slow burning acoustic number that describes feeling on the edge of instability to fucking up my friends and its frank description of hospital corridors. The record flows through emotional pop-leaning gems to big guitar-driven indie anthems. The title track closes the record out, urging its listener to find happiness when all seems bleak. And it's this lingering trace of positivity that you sense is meant to be the takeaway. Despite everything that makes you happens, often tough subject matter, Lenavin's second is an optimistic offering in the face of hardship, one sure to resonate in hearts and act as a voice of hope and perseverance for many. Wow. Great there we go. Great reviews. And I had no idea of the backstory, so mm. that's, that's interesting. Also, I did, so I think it's probably... Has that swayed you? Yeah. Right. I'll, you go first and then I'll talk about how I feel. 
Oh, it makes me feel really bad. Um, so I didn't know the background to this. Yeah. Um, because you sort of give me a media blackout, and I can't sort of. And also, I don't want to. I want you to. I want yeah. you to surprise me with the reviews, and I don't want to be swayed. And also, I just go into an album not knowing much around the band or the album with the background. Yeah. So it's 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 quite fresh for me. Um, I have mixed feelings about this album. Uh-huh. Um, I thought you would. I'll tell you what, when it's good, it's good. Mm-hmm. Right? It's pretty much... So, there is... Uh, so, let me tell you. So, the first song, I Want You, is a really excellent song. Um, there is a band in Australia called the Jungle Giants, which have an, a very similar sound, and it's one of my favourite albums. Um, just so, sort of that indie dance, you know, that really quite boppy... Um, so I really like the song I Want You And it sets up the album really well And you're like, I'm all in But then Then the album sort of changes And I kind of feel that there's a lot of different themes within the album So it kind of makes sense what, what you've sort of said around that time And I kind of struggle with the flow of the album Because you start up here And then you sort of, you sort of disappear again into the lulls mm. And then back out and then back in And so it sort of takes you on this journey Which I kind of understand now so, um, the song's never going to be the same is gorgeous. It's actually a really well-written, beautiful song. Um, Fucking Up My Friends. This is, an, this is an E next to this episode. But very similar to The Jungle Giants again, that sort of indie dance pop. All Your Vanity and Everything That Makes You Happy, the last song, all really good. However, the second song, Catatonic Skin Bag, it's terrible. It's terrible. And, 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 and what it is, it's, it's so opposite to the introduction track that you just go, wait a minute, what, what happened? There's a total different feel. Mm-hmm. Um, back this year, I found the guitar really off-putting. I just, did, I just didn't like it um, and never stopped stirring. So overall, my comments are, I think the, struggle, the album struggles with a recurring theme some great songs and then some I really struggle with. It's a solid album though with some great tracks. Mm-hmm. I definitely recommend you have a listen to it. Six out of ten. Six out of ten. Okay, so when I first listened to it, I didn't know the story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it completely swayed. But I wondered what the songs were about. And yeah, yeah. I kinda I was the same as you. I want you a great start. I'm not a big fan of um, Catatonic Skin Bag either okay. um, When I did a bit more research into them And I found out all of this And did a bit more digging you and more I, When you listen to it with that yeah. context Kind of brings it more alive yeah. I've got to say Yep I understand that um, So I love Back This Year The song's never going to be the same I do love Fucking Up My Friends um, Quiet In Your Heart is stunning Oh I don't have that down Yeah okay um, Everything That Makes You Happy Obviously the title track is great Um also do like Never Stop Stirring All Your Vanity is okay um, But I I love his vocals I Oh yeah he can sing I think it's actually a really well um, Put together It's a, an album that you enjoy It's a really fast album Like I think it's 35 minutes or 36 okay. minutes So it's like 10 songs, you're in and you're out Yeah. Okay. So it doesn't ever feel like a chore Whereas some of the what you go, oh man, oh, yeah, and yeah. so you can, you know, you can have it on, and yeah. it doesn't. Got it. It's not that. It doesn't drag. Um, I will go back to this album. I genuinely like them. I'm going to go back and listen to their first album. Okay. Um, I want to hear more from them. I gave it seven and a half out of ten. 
Well, okay, I, that's a really, it's brought up a good point. Now that I know the sort of background of this album, mm. it would be interesting to hear the comparison to their original debut album. Yes. And sort of see how the two, for me, without knowing any of the context and the background, I, I just, I found the difference between the songs really hard to, you had, you had the highs and lows, and I yep. really struggled going through them. Um, and they were just genuinely, unfortunately, some songs that just I just didn't like. Um, okay, all right, next, who's... Uh, Who's this, these Scottish blokes? Right. I can't wait for this. So, Declan Welsh is a songwriter and poet. Is he? Yep. Um, they are Where from, are from? Glasgow. Ah, I thought they were from Dundee. No, Glasgow. Okay. Um, in fact, on their Facebook page, they say they're from the People's Republic of Glasgow. <laughs> so, um, which kind of made me laugh. Okay. Um, there are four band members, Declan Welsh himself, Duncan McBride, Ben Curlett and Murray Noble. Um, they they describe themselves as a band that create music that is direct, unapologetic, and with a message of humanity. Question. They're quite political. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sidebar. Do you know why it's Declan Welsh and like why is he? It's kind of like Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds. Is, yeah, well, he's was a Declan, man, isn't he? Well, was Declan something before the band? Well, he's a songwriter in his own right and a poet. And then he's brought this pe- these people in and they're a band. So he was famous before the band? Well, I don't know if he was famous. But he was... But he was the founding, some... yeah. Right. Because I just... You know, it's interesting to hear a sort of thing like that. Okay, yeah. yeah go. Review. I mean, if we had, if we had a, a band, band, it would be Leslie Martin and the Top Knots. <laughs> Dodd Knots? So, you know, same thing. Um, anyway... It's hilarious. So, reviews. This is funny. So, I found... There, it's hard to find reviews because there's not, they're not huge. So oh. there's not an enemy or a guardian How did you or find anything. Them? So um, I'm not telling you. <laughs> so like it's some big secret. It really is because I've really got this lovely little system. I don't want you getting involved in it because all that's going to happen is on a Tuesday I'll get a WhatsApp. Oh, can we cover blah band? No, this is my section. We'll listen to what I listen. To. It's really frustrating because I have loved some albums, sent them to you, and gone. Nah. Can we please put in the list? And you're like, no. Nah. Nah. And they're good albums that I want to talk cool. about. Well, and you're like, no. Nah. I'll be judge of that. So. Les says, Les says, it's not called Les says, and sometimes Kev can button. <laughs> so, Such a so anyway, I'm not telling you. But anyway, <laughs> I found this, I found this review by the mag called The Wee Review. And Aww. I was like, that's something I'd write. Wouldn't it? Is that a blog? Or that's just... Yeah, and it's Aww. called The Wee Review. Nice. And I was like, lovely. Oh, pop, pop um, that up, pop that up. Let's have a look at it. And so they gave it four out of five. Did they? So Declan Welsh and the Decadent West sensibly start their debut album with a bang. Or a banger, to be more precise. No fun is a savage tirade against that guy at a party. The rent-a-gob excruciating dullard. The type who inevitably grows up into the charmless man Blur sang about 13 years prior. Hmm. It's a song worth cracking up the volume for. But cheaply bought, expensively sold, is lyrically capable and musically diverse... If unfocused, it's an excellent album. If unfocused, it's an excellent album showcasing their talent. And as long as they never give up on the dream, we should have a few classic albums to look forward to. Nice. The Skinny gave it four out of five. Okay. It's the lyrics and narratives that drive cheaply bought, expe- expensively sold forward, which is expected from a songwriter also known for his poetry. Often tongue-in-cheek, sometimes politically motivated, without resorting to hungry young man territory and always well-crafted, Welsh manages to deep-dig into the seemingly mundanity of city life in a way reminiscent of Mike Skinner or Alex Turner in Arctic Monkeys' early days. Um, 
cheaply bought, expensively sold, is a strong debut album which more than hints at the emergence of a promising talent who's set to grow. Okay. So, I have been excited about this one. What? I actually thought you would like Blenavin, Blenavin more, but I'm really keen to see what, because you are what? and miss when it comes to Go on. Scottish music. You are, because they do sing with an accent. They do. You don't like that. And Carl Faulkner had a really heavy accent. I liked that. It was endearing. But, well, yeah, because but then it I didn't was like, cheesy. And then you I didn't like Jerry Cinnamon. So. so, go. I am pumped to hear what you think about this. What do you think? I thought about it. You didn't like it. Well, you are wrong. Why? So, I'm glad that that review just stole my thunder. Because I'm listening to these guys and I'm like, God, they sound like a Scottish Arctic Monkeys. They just have that raw feel. And so, put it on. And I'm like, ah, I know why Leslie's made me listen to this. I know what Les wants me to say. I know it. I know it. <laughs> and so the first couple of songs, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go back to it again. Oh yeah, oh yeah, go back to it again. And then I start playing it to other people around me, going, have a listen to this. So, no fun, brilliant intro. Brilliant intro. Brilliant intro. Yep. Absurd, brilliant. How does your love turn me on, new me and you, be mine, different strokes, times, do what you want, people let you down, all good tracks. Um, only one that I went, maybe isn't that good, which is The Dream, is okay. Mm-hmm. But it's not bad, it's just okay. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this I've listened to it a few times um, And I tell you now If I hadn't I've been listening to Paul Weller on the way here It would have been these guys Because I would have loved to ride my motorbike Listening to these guys Guaranteed I would have got a speeding ticket <laughs> It's just it's, It riles you up It's full of energy The riffs are great The vocals are great Just yeah Really really good And I didn't think I would like it But I, I'm two thumbs up Eight out of ten I'm really pleased about that because I feel the same way. It's good, isn't it? So you can tell he is a poet because the lyrics are amazing. And they are, they're funny. They can be quirky. Mm-hmm. There's a story. You um, you actually want to hear what the song's about. You get drawn in. Yep. Musically, it's fun. Yeah. Um, it's upbeat. It's punchy. Um, no fun is a great way to start an album. That's great. Like I just, I kind of laughed out loud. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just the whole way through the album, all the tracks that you called out are exactly the same for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's actually the first, I think it's like the first five or six. Yeah. You're, you're all in. Like you are, I'm just going, that was awesome. That was awesome. That was awesome. And then I think you hit the dream or something like that and you go, that's only, and it's not, as, it's just come off this sort of high yeah, level. I agree. It's not, yeah, I so. Agree. I think that this is, this is their debut album. Mm-hmm. And so I do think they have a bright future. Mm-hmm. I genuinely look forward to following what they do in the future. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend How that people go and listen to them. Are they, are, Mike. Do they have a lot of followers? Or I'll tell you. Let's have a little let's look. look at how many followers they've got. And well, you won't tell me how you heard about them. So is... they have fifty-four thousand monthly listeners. So a reasonable amount. Fifty-four thousand. That's up quite a lot. Okay, cool. That's that is a lot. Yeah, yeah okay. that's basically the whole of Glasgow listening. That's all that is. But um. <laughs> Um, no but seriously Do yourself a favour Go and have a listen To those guys And just follow their career There isn't a great deal on them You'll not find a lot About them yeah, yeah. Because it is a debut album But I think they're obviously Really um, Resonating with people To have that many Followers And I think there's a, There's a lot more To come from these guys So I'm the same as you 8 out of 10 Yay Boom Boom yep. boom boom Alright Guilty pleasures. No, don't you want to know what's next? Oh yeah, of course. Excuse so, me. 
Sorry, sometimes they like get parrots. So, Actually, I really want to know what's next. Yes, because so, I need to know what to listen to in Fiji. Well, the first band Maybe next to the pool. Good. Um, Drinking my so, or my joy dance. What? What? I'm a joy dance. It's Australian mojitos. <laughs> I thought you said something else. Oh no, no, no. I'm a Yeah, it sounds like. Anyway. I've no idea what you're talking Good. about. Good. Anyway, this next band are an uh, indie pop band from London. They go by the name of Night Train. And their album is Fortune Teller. Cannot wait to see what you think about this. I've never heard of them. Well, that's because... Lessons! <laughs> Lessons! What, um, what, type of, what type of music? It's kind of like... Well, it's indie. Kind of indie pop. Is it set next to the Female. pool? Uh-huh. Set next to the pool with the yeah, Okay, Stop on. saying that because it sounds like something else. Okay, cool. Um, now the second band. So I had it in the list initially, and I took it out. And then we were asked by one of our listeners, Isabel, would we cover it? Oh. And I thought, do you know what? All right, just for you, we will cover it because you obviously want to know what we think about it. You might not want to know the answer, but we'll cover it anyway. So it's Sam Fender and Hypersonic Missiles. I don't know who that is either. Yeah, so she covers... He's relatively big. And um, I had it in two or three weeks ago, but then there were just all these other bands that were coming up. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, "Mm, hmm, park him a bit. Um, Because it's a bit more mainstream. I want this section to be more about bands. Is it like Lewis Capaldi-ish? That sort of... No, he's... Better. (laughs) When I say better, it's not as poppy. Again, is this sitting next to the, the pool listener? Actually, yes. It probably it's going to be an easy listener. It's whether you massively enjoy it. Look, it's... Yeah. So this is on is? Is? 100% because I wasn't. If, I'm, if this, this ruins my holiday, is it's on you. Hope you're ready. Yeah. But she tweeted us the other day and asked me if we were going to cover it. Okay, and cool. I was like, do you know what? We will. Lovely. So that's Night Train with the album Fortune Teller. And Sam Fender with the album Hypersonic Missiles. Okay. So a wee bit of a... I absolutely love this section. I don't. I, I don't think you know how much joy I get for trying to find these music in this band. And when I first play it and first thing I go is, I love it, but okay, thank you, hate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I honestly do I hate hope... it, because I'm a really... We are, and if obviously mm. people know this by now, that we are very, very different people. You're unacceptably... Um, Organised, structured, routined. I love to plan. You are the opposite. You fly by the seat of your pants. Yes. Uh, it's just chaos. Every day is to different. Me, but to it's organised chaos. It's, to me, it's no. just absolute chaos. I have it's no idea how chaos. you get organised. Easy. Multitask. I hate it. I hate not being in control. Yeah, I know. It's brilliant. <laughs> um, I would like to point out, though, has there ever been any hitches in Lessays? It's always well structured and well no, no, put no. together. No, no, there has because you've told me to listen something twice and then you've changed it. But and that isn't a hitch to the listeners. That's just that freaks That's a hitch it. to me. It's not because I have to listen to this. But you never know. But it could come me. back in again. I just have to sometimes think to myself, what albums would fit with the episode that we're doing? You know? Oh, you do not. Yeah, get I do. That way. I also think about the albums together. Like, oh, really? The yeah, pairing? Yeah. Do you? Mm-hmm. Jeez, I never... Okay. I always want them to be slightly different or have a bit of a twist so it's not like a week of the, oh, the same. Okay, all right. So, you know, sometimes I go, mm, I think that's got to go. Okay. 
So that's where we're at. But I think this is a really good. Would we ever chuck in a bit of a, a bit of a dance album in there? You no, think? We won't. Or you sticking to indie? Depend. No. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I'll have see what Les it. says. Les, well, Les thinks, oh, and then what yeah, she says. Let's see what Les says. Uh, can we get into guilty pleasures oh. now? And you've got this album. You actually own Roachford, Permanent Shade of Blue. I meant to look out for you when you came here. Which to show Sean, you. Uh, he didn't recommend this album, but it was the one on Spotify we went with. So thank you, Sean. Uh, do you want to talk about it? Oh, let it be with you. Through and through, I'm just a freak for you. I love this album. So, only to be with you. What? A song You must know that song now No Shut up <laughs> Shut up oh, You for... must know Lay your love on me Come on Come on Lay your love on me I don't But it was a lovely song Where would I have heard this Les? Where? Jesus, did you just walk about Your fingers in your ears? Top of the pops maybe? I don't know Where, where, where I am from? Did it get played on Radio 1? Who knows I actually can't tell That's you. what I'm saying. You don't even know where he came from. <laughs> so how the hell do I know? But they thought they were famous songs. To you. Anyway, what a voice, like Velvet. I, I must admit, he's a brilliant singer. It is It is very smooth. Uh, it's very soulful. Mm-hmm. It's very relaxing. And it's, 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 the lyrics are lovely. Maybe you can listen to that by the pool in Fiji. Uh, depends how we go with Sam Fender, but <laughs> I... I I was pleasantly happy with this. Okay. Um, so only to be with you, Johnny, emergency, this generation. Do we want to live together? Cry for me. Guess I must be crazy. Uh, guess I must be crazy. I've actually got as my, I've listed that as my favourite song. Really? Mm. Gorgeous voice. Nice and romantic. So you would, you, if you, did you put this on when you had someone come over? A wee bit of romance happening? It feels like that sort of album. What, that years ago? It feels like that sort of... Let me just put a bit of music on. I mean, it sounds like something I do is pretty smooth, isn't it? It is smooth. Less smooth. <laughs> Les says. Less smooth. Okay. I've been called that before, you know. Less smooth. I was probably ironic, but was good. What the hell called you less smooth? A couple of my friends, but I think they were taking a mic. You know, but whatever. <laughs> no one's ever called me smooth. No, they really haven't. <laughs> Um, I actually just think I look. It wasn't as good as I remembered it. Oh, that's a shame. But it was still enjoyable. So I still love that song. Only oh, it puts a big smile on my face. It's a summer's day song. Okay. You know that song when you're just in a really good mood mm-hmm. and you walk out the door and the sun's shining mm-hmm. and you're walking up the road and you got your headphones in mm-hmm. and you're just happy to be alive. Oh, is that one of those? It's one of those songs. The spring in your step, kind of. Yeah. And I've got a playlist on Spotify like that that just... Makes you happy. Might call it Spring in My Step. There you go. It's called Les Playlist right now, but I might change that. But that's what it's like. And I and Lay Your Love On Me. Um, that's a great idea. Johnny, I don't like. I thought I didn't think Johnny was nah, that bad. That's probably the only one that I'm not big, massively fond of. Um, but re- I look, I do enjoy the album. I think it's aged a bit. Okay, yeah, it has a little bit. And I think that's probably why. It's a little why. bit samey-samey a little bit sometimes yeah, as for- well. Yeah. It's quite a long album. Yeah, and I'd forgotten about But I'd still give it six and a half out of ten. Six out of ten. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Nice, we like that. Chris with the next album. Oh, dear. No, no, no. No, no, no. And so, 
I don't know what to... I've been listening to this and um, for me it's not my favourite album of this band but it is lovely. So the band, Everything But The Girl. Oh, that's never a guilty pleasure. I can kind of see with this album why it may be. The album, Amplified Heart. Amplified Heart. So it's a little bit softer, gentler. Um, Again, a bit more romantic, you know what I mean? It's a bit more... Anyway, so Everything But The Girl, Amplified. I'm looking... Absolutely going to listen to that when I have a majority. Stop saying it. Right. Britpop one-liners. Britpop one-liners. Who is it? The Charlatans. A lot of love for the Charlatans. Of course there is. Why wouldn't there be? Why would they? Who has a bad word to say about the Charlatans? Um. No one. I don't. So, UK bootlegs. Always a bridesmaid, never the bride. Oh no. Always a bridesmaid, never the bride. It's probably good. That's actually quite accurate because they were never. No. They were, they're always there. But they're never considered. Uh-huh. I see what the top doing. of the table. Yeah, you're right. Um, Andy, if I had my own Britpop spreadsheet, the Charlatans would feature more than any other band. So many great albums, and each a little different from the last. Um. There is no need to have another Britpop spreadsheet on this planet. <laughs> this one has been... Wait a... for season two. Maybe put it in PowerPoint instead. How the hell can you put it in PowerPoint? Do you know what PowerPoint is? Yeah. I use it for work. I put some stuff in it. Dot points. Sometimes I even get things to shoot in from the left. Oh, you use the animate. The I animation really... is so 1987. No, I really it's don't. It's pretty bad. <laughs> um, I did a... Somebody did a presentation that didn't have noises. Had sound effects. Uh. And I got a fright, thought somebody was shooting me. <laughs> <laughs> it's some presentations, you know the one where they come in from the side and the words bounce, they go bum, ba dum, ba dum. I'm like, oh mate, come on. <laughs> I love I'm a, I'm a I'm pretty good at PowerPoint. I'll do some good slide work. Of course you do. Jesus. Okay. Anyway, Matt. Tim Burgess is one of the greatest frontmen ever. One to another has one of the best opening forty seconds in the history of music. Yes. Great song. Great song. Great, Ian, the charlatans are like a milkshake. Here we go. <laughs> Loved them in my youth. Drifted away as I got older. But when I have one now and again, I remember how much I love them. He, oh, a milkshake. He got a like from Tim Burgess for that. It made his day. He did. Made That's it, amazing. Made I bet it did. Stu, legendary. Rolled the punches personally and musically. Ignored the naysayers. Great albums. Always give the crowd what they came for. I have seen no band more and would go and see them again tomorrow. He's seen them 11 times. 11 times? Mm. Michael, probably everyone's second favourite band, defied the critics and terrible adversity to be a beloved part of the UK indie world. Of course, yeah. They went through heaps, didn't they? Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. Joe, when Van Morrison was being a grumpy bastard on Later with Jules, a charlatan was heard to say, it's nice to be important, but it's important to be nice. What's that from a dance song, isn't it? It's really good, isn't it? It's good, let it. Um, Andrew, if every if every review of Some Friendly gave it one hundred percent, it would still be the most underrated debut album of all time, and they are great live. Colin, the epitome of mid nineties swagger and cool. Their output over this period was of consistency, and that very few bands came close to matching. Scott. 
rather than take us on a breakup stroke reunion stroke breakup roller coaster mm. rides like the Roses, Oasis, the Verve, etc., the charlatans have continued to plough straight through the decades like the sturdy, dependable, groovy train that they are. And my eardrums are the better for it. We talked about that in the episode about how that stability for them yeah, had probably exactly. been what had made them as successful. Correct. And the ability to churn out as many albums. Yep. Um, and they're not political, they're not outspoken, they're not laddish, they're just... And they genuinely love each other as a band as well, yeah. like, so they're really complimentary of each other. Yeah. Um, soundtrack podcast, the band I listen to probably more than any other. Wolfed. Um, ADL, words, the world's most shaggable band uh-huh. from Terry Christian and The Word, 1990. Do you remember that? He had a really weird voice. The Word? Christian. Yeah, he did, he did. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really taking me back now. Was The Word, was The Word that TV show, show that was on really, really late and they got people on for their 90 seconds of fame? Was that The Word? Yeah, I think it was. And like, they used to lick old people's feet. Gross. And stuff like that. That was rank absolutely fair um, why, right why good would that happen? Uh, 90 seconds of fame Gross. right alright let's get into Stanley Road so the album cover what's the album cover do you remember it so it's just it's, like a hodgepodge of stuff like a road sign somebody's yeah. face but yeah. it's um, so the album cover collage was created by artist Peter Blake designer of the Beatles Sgt Pepper album artwork um it's it's sort of this kid painting of a child in front of a brick wall with the Stanley Road and then you've got just Paul Willis' face on the front of it, which is quite unusual, but anyway. Um, so apparently he wanted to call the album Shit or Bust because Paul felt he put everything into it. However, the album took the name from the street in Woking where Weller grew up. Weller to the Independent. We titled on the we settled on the title Stanley Road because it seemed to suit the mood of the album best. I was looking back on my life, on my roots, where I'd come from, where I'd got to on the journey, and Stanley Road is a place where I grew up as a child. The house isn't standing anymore, but a tiny zebra crossing nearby is, and I did debate recreating the Beatles' Abbey Road sleeve artwork for the cover, but the idea got vetoed. Released on the 7th of June, 95... We've been on a roll in 95, so we had What's the Story, we've had Different Class. So charts-wise, we'll be roughly the same. This is his third solo album, Wildwood was before it, which got to number two in 93. Heavy Soul, which we'll talk a little what's that? We'll talk a little bit about Heavy Soul. 97 got to number two, it was on Go Discs. It was recorded at the same place as Wildwood, which is the Manor Studios. Um, also recorded there, All Change, The Bends, and No Need to Argue by The Cranberries. <laughs> I love the cranberries. I Oof, really love them. Every time I knock up the cranberries, it's that. So people know you by now. If I say the cranberries, go, oh, love the cranberries. If you say Alanis Morissette, it's only because she sweared. If I say wet, 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 you giggle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, producer Paul Weller and Brendan Lynch. Um, so the same for Wildwood. 12 tracks, 52 minutes. It went to number one. And how long was it in the charts? 54 weeks. Double it, 104. Whoa! Mental. Ready for the charts? Yes, please. Okay, very, very similar apart from the singles. With singles, I can't wait to... Are they going to be pants? Number one is. Okay. Number ten in the albums, Annie Lennox, Medusa. Oh, and I like Annie Lennox. That album's really good as well. Yeah. Uh, nine, definitely maybe by Oasis. Oof. Eight, no need to argue by the Cranberries. <laughs> oh, I love the Cranberries. Uh... 
Seven Greatest Hits by Bruce Springsteen. Oh dear. Colour of My Love by Celine Dion. Again, how many albums has that lady had in the space of three three years? Don't know. She must pump them out, eh? Uh, picture this by Wet Wet Wet. <laughs> <laughs> the Complete Stone Roses at number four. Uh huh. That's mm, six, mm. that six out of ten album. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that hasn't aired yet, so we'll see what we'll see how hammered I get for that. I should Coco by Supergrass. Ooh. Number two, Nobody Else by Take That, and number one, Standing Road. That's not a bad album chart. It's not bad. Take out Celine and what's other crap in there? Uh, wait, 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 and Bruce? Yeah. Um, songs, so singles, Yes by McCalman and Butler. Yes, I do feel better. Yes, I do. That's also in my Spring and My Step playlist. Oh, great song. Great song. And we actually need to talk about that That album. song reminds me of walking over Smeaton's Bridge in Perth. You know, from like Bridge End into the yeah, town. Yeah. Having that in my ears. Walking all the way to Tesco because there wasn't any buses at that time of day. Three miles to the... <laughs> just to sit on a checkout. Um, but still being happy. Wait, the Tesco... Creef you know I mean? Road. I used to walk... No way from, from my your shift. house? Uh-huh. Wow! Because there wasn't a bus that early in the morning. Is that only three miles? Well, I don't know, I just made that up. No, that's no, far. way more than that. Yeah. How long did it take you? Just over an hour. That's a fair walk. Yeah. What time were you walking there? Well, my shift started at six. Jeez, six. wow. 8 a.m., yeah. <sighs> anyway, memories. Number nine, we're going to do it again by Manchester United featuring Striker. Gross. Number eight, Only One Road by Celine Dion. Number seven, it's a banger, Surrender Your Love, feature by the Nightcrawlers, featuring John Reed. Do you remember that yeah. one? Yeah. I do remember Push Your Feeling On More. Push Feeling On Do 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 Boo Bing Your Love's A Game Brilliant. Uh, Your Loving Arms by Billy Ray Martin. Oh my god! The Cup's Down. This is one of my favourite tracks ever. Is that the How many times did I have you to tell me that I'm your girl? Put your loving arms around me And it feels like shelter when you Lovely I love that do, 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 do. Oh, What else did she do? What else did she do? I don't know uh, number, number five That Look In Your Eye by Ali Campbell Oh, he's awful <clears throat> Number four Dreamer by Living Joy I'm a I'm a dreamer Oh, that's horrible Three Scatman by Scatman John <laughs> It's, it's actually He's got. Dead now. I know, I know. Ski, ba, bop, ba, bop, bop. Ski, ba, 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 Oh, uh, Guaglioni by Perez Predo Prado. I hated that. What's that? It's really annoying. I mean, did, you know, it's just one of those, like. There's a lot of those crappy instrumentally tunes that came out at that time. There was, there was. And number one, Unchained Melody, White Cliffs, the Dover Robson and Joe. Oh, don't get me started. No, you've already gone on about those. Right, ready? Should we get into this? Aye. So after Wildwood was released in 93, which we covered in episode 36, also our longest ever episode at two hours, five minutes. I wonder why, was it just me? It was just short of, so we just covered what story, that was two. Uh, Be Here Now was two hours, three minutes, but yeah, Wildwood is our longest. So yeah. Just me kicking on. Just you banging on about Paul Weller. Yeah. Um, so we actually cover all of Paul Weller's long career up until Wildwood. So we cover the jam, the style council, and the start of his solo career. 
So in short, Wildwood really brought Paul Weller back into the limelight. Wildwood all but topped the charts and was nominated for the Brit Awards, as was Weller himself for Best Male Artist and later made the shortlist for the Mercury Prize Awards. So nominated for a whole stack of stuff but, but didn't pick anything up. Wildwood was then given a second lease of life in March 94, returning back to the top five when re-promoted with the addition of the post-album single Hung Up. Paul's Yeah? What song? I thought you were going to sing there. That was just a deep, loving no, sigh. Paul, it was a funny time for me. My second solo album, 1993's Wildwood, had gained commercial and, co- commercial and critical success. The first time since the style cancels our favourite shop. I was back in the press's good books. Blur and Oasis were citing me as an influence, which was great. Their younger fans were discovering my work, backtracking and hearing the jam for the first time. I have a great friendship with Noel Gallagher, and it was the first time that I felt an affinity with my contemporaries, something I hadn't with my so-called peers in the 80s. I was aware, however, that I was a good 10 to 12 years older than most of them, so I was conscious of not being one of the old fellas trying to muck in with the kids. (laughs) (laughs) So professionally, Paul was doing well. However, personally, it was a different, tough story. At the same time, I was going through a lot of different feelings and trials. I had split up with my wife, Dee, a year before. I was feeling tremendous guilt about splitting the family up and was worried about my relationship with my kids. I was doing a lot of drugs, staying up all night. So on the one hand, I was having a will of the time and, my, and a second youth. And the other, I was coming back in the morning and asking, where is my life heading? Stanley Road was a way for me to vent a lot of those things, turn them into something positive. On a personal level, it was a fucking nightmare, but artistically, it was a very exciting time. So just pause. You seem to get sometimes the best music out of the worst personal situations. You know, we just talked... No, that's what they say about artists, isn't it? It's like you've got to really draw it from something. Suede talked about him splitting Mm. up from Justine. Um, we just talked about Blin Avon. Yeah. You know, the fact that, you know, there's that, that whole emotional side of things. So, yeah, this. And some of the songs on this album are just, oh, like really hit home when we start to talk about some of the lyrics and they're quite emotional and tough. I might need to get some tissues <laughs> when we talk about the tracks. So, the recording process was apparently quite straightforward as Paul had been touring for 18 months on Wildwood, where Livewood comes from, recorded at the Royal Albert Hall, amongst other venues. Apparently, had a lot of time on his hands to write tracks for Stanley Road. Paul, we were very buoyant when we entered the studio. A lot of the material had been written up front. There had been a good year and a half on playing in the road in between Wildwood and the making of Stanley Road, so I'd written at home on the tour bus in hotel rooms wherever I could snatch the time. And we had a chance to play a lot of the songs on the road. So that'd be pretty cool to get to test them out with an audience. Probably that audience was facing Paul Weller, though. <laughs> he didn't make them talk. Hey, this is a new song, everyone. We're just a bit rusty here. Can I get you to turn around? Not face me, not look me. It's just best. Just best? Yeah. Okay, cool. So they returned to the manor in Shipton on Cheryl near Oxford, where they had recorded Wildwood and recorded all the songs as one band rather than individually. Paul said that this is the album where the band got everything right. Now I'm not a musician. So obviously there's, there's, a, there's slightly different recording processes mm-hmm. where, and that's why you see people wearing the headphones in the booth and then they do their parts. And then you've got another part of the process where everyone plays their bit and it gets recorded as a whole. Mm-hmm. Why do people do that? What's, what do you, I, I don't know, so I'm just asking your opinion. <laughs> Why do you think people have a preference to do it one way and not another? And do you have a gut feel on which one is the better? 
I, I feel it would be because of the mixing of the track. Okay. Because it'll be volume. Just think about DJing. you got to get the volume you right. The Sounds volume. like a car crash. Yes. So it would be the same. Because drums will be louder. Right. Than a guitar. Right. Which will all be louder than a vocal. Got it. So you got to really record them on their own right. And then To then adjust. mix them in. So that it sounds like a balanced record. Okay. I the, we, That's just a very basic. There will be lots of other reasons, but that would be why. Because then otherwise it's just a live album. Because if you think about it, if the band just plays it and they record it. Yeah, yeah. So you do get that different sound. And you see them, they mix it. And you want to bring in things to be louder at certain times than others. When you think about like guitar solos and the drums, sometimes you can hear things in the background. Like if you really listen for it, if you like, if you genuinely are, you've okay. got to make sure it all balances out. That it's just not all vocal, or it's just not all drum. Yeah, okay, makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, I'm not a producer though, so if anyone is and has experience, let us know. Get in touch. Let us know. All right. So they brought in a stack of guests on this album, heaps. So Stevie Winwood played keyboards on Woodcutter Sun and piano on Pink on White Walls. So Stevie was in the Spencer Davis Group, Traffic, Blind Faith, and Go, as well in, as well as having a good uh, solo career. Our boy Steve Craddock from Ocean Colour Scene, <laughs> Paul said, uh, he joined a live band at that point and is still in my band today, although he did go off with Ocean Colour Scene for a while. When Steve was 16, he came down to our studio at the time. He was a massive jam fan and was in a dodgy mod band and he gave me his tape to hear. He was like a stalker. Uh, <laughs> we had to chase him off in the end because he was a pain in the arse. I didn't, didn't see him again until Ocean Colour Scene came down to record their debut LP in our studio and I thought, I recognise you from somewhere. That's pretty funny. Pretty ironic way. And then suddenly he must on him and go, oh, I know who you are. Uh, so Carlene Anderson on Wings of Speed, an American soul singer, best known as lead singer of the Young Disciples, as well as her solo career. Noel Gallagher, who appears playing acoustic guitar on I Walk on Gilded Splinters. In return, Paul Weller played guitar on Champagne Supernova. Aww. Which we didn't talk about. I didn't, Yeah. Um, so at the infamous Pulp Jacko Brit Awards in 96, which we covered in different class, uh, class, Paul was nominated for Best Male and Best Album. He won Best Male, which is awesome because he was nominated the year before. However, he lost the album to Watch the Story Morning Glory. Not in our chart, he didn't. Yeah. Decent competition in the male category, though. Right, so this is who he was up against to win that. Edwin Collins. Tricky. Van Morrison and Jimmy Neal. Jimmy Neal. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with Jimmy Neal? Is that a wind up? I'm just I'm just the facts. What's what's your what what Best is he, male. Is he the odd one out in that? There's a lot of them. Read out who was the second last? So hold on. Edwin Collins. Okay, reasonable. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tricky. Amazing. Van Morrison. Oh, a bit old. Paul, uh, Paul Weller, obviously, yeah. and Jimmy Neal. Yeah, he's massively. Because regardless of what you feel about the others, they are musicians. This is, I guarantee... He's a Geordie actor who sung a crap song. This would have been the Crocodile Shoes uh, type. Awful. My dad had that album. Loved it. Ain't no man is plain to see. She's lying. My Crocodile Shoes. It's it is. And just on a complete sideways step, you know how I'm a big fan of Tricky. I... Um, he's not your spring in your step kind of guy no I read an article with him he's been he just come out talking about mental health and how he's really struggled and really yeah and he's been uh, really struggling he just lost his daughter what so, yeah she um, 
and he's just talking about the struggles of that. She's an adult, um, but it's a very oh, that's really sad story. And I read it, read the whole thing about him. So sending all my love to Tricky because I think he's an amazing musician. That's sad. That's yeah. heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, hmm. All right, it's back to Paul. How does Paul feel about Stanley Road? Stanley Road was one of the, those perfect moments when everything slotted into place naturally. It was a dream. I don't think of an album as being. I don't think of the album as being ten years old. I guess if an album is good enough, it doesn't age. It remains fresh, and that's Stanley Road, which you alluded to at the very start of this episode. It doesn't feel like it's aged. Yeah, I couldn't. If you said to me, "What year did this album come out?" I don't know. Could have come out yesterday, couldn't it? Could have. Yeah, I totally agree. Heavy Soul. Let's get. Let's talk about this. Heavy Soul came out in June nineteen ninety seven. What did you rate Heavy Soul, Leslie? Seven and a half. It's pretty close. We both gave it a seven. I'm sad it's not in our top 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you feel... What happened in that album? Why do you feel we're not talking about it? Because you probably didn't put it in the spreadsheet properly. Yeah, whatever. Why? What's, so obviously you have, you've, you've got great ratings for Wildwood and this. Why in this album, the Heavy Soul, didn't it? reach that height it's got moments of it mm-hmm. but I think as a whole album it doesn't hit the heady heights um, I agree with you Friday Street is an amazing song Up in Susie's Room mm-hmm. is one of my favourite all time Paul Weller songs wow okay stunning because okay. to me that's what Paul Weller is that kind of song okay um, but it doesn't um, have I think with Wildwood that has that real acoustic Songwriting prowess on it. It's a very mm-hmm. acoustic-y type album. Mm-hmm. Some of those tracks. Stanley Road's just a standalone mm-hmm. classic. Mm-hmm. And Heavy Soul doesn't really find its feet. Okay. Um, but I'm still a fan of that album. Yeah, I still yeah. listen to that album. Well, it went, to, it went to number one. Well, kind of. It sold enough to be the number one album on its week of release. However, it was denied this position on a technicality. Five images within the album's booklet were replaced with postcards of the images in the special edition release, meaning that sales of the special edition did not count towards the album sales as they were defined as free gifts. Did you know that? No. I had no idea. That was a thing. So anyway, you got... Um, All music gave it 8 out of 10. The band sounds tight, but Weller has suffered a bit of a songwriting slump, which is evidenced by a handful of keepers from the album, such as Up in Susie's Room is a hazy, hazy, folky gem. The soulful apology, I should have been there to inspire you, is affecting, and Peacock Suit is a fine-changing man rewrite. Oh, that's bang on. That is bang on. Um, But too much of Heavy Soul is concerned with texture instead of content. That doesn't make it a difficult listen. In fact, it's quite entertaining while it's playing, but there isn't much to explore repeated plays. Heliocentric came out in 2000. Do you remember remember what you gave this? No, five. You did give it a five? It's a five out of ten. I give it a six. Enemy. And I thought I'm always... um... Enemy gave it a seven. Uh, though it's an admirable quality, this unpretentious peace of mind inclines itself itself to comfort, and that's what defines rather too much of heliocentric. Historically, the best Weller has come from restlessness and comfort runs through this album like a shaggy-fitted carpet. These are all pretty uninspiring good songs. It's just that for the most part, they are very much of one pace and one type. Mid-paced and contemplative songs, mid-paced and contemplative 
sort of a bloke. Hmm. Uh, so, get this. Paul Weller has released another nine albums since this. Nine. I know. Right? So nine since uh, Helocentric. It's hard to keep up. The last one being True Meanings in 2018, which Enemy gave a six out of ten. Now... It's a somewhat disappointing twist to a career that's been taking far less predictable turns of late and as is the way of such things. True meanings, true meanings tends to blend into the lilting mush over the course of 14 tracks that rarely stray from the beige end of the sonic palette. Gee whiz. Um, did you, have you listened to any of his later albums? What was the last sort of Paul Weller you listened to? Probably... I think the last one I properly listened to was Saturn's Pattern. When was that? 2016, okay. 15. How'd that, well, that make you feel? Um, not that happy. It was alright? It was fine. It's. I never dislike, like Paul Weller is just because of his voice and he writes great songs. It's never offensive. Paul Weller could never be offensive. Mm-hmm. It's not one of those albums you go, oh my God, my ears are bleeding. Yeah, okay. But it's never going to hit for me. I don't think he's ever going to get that. He's never going to write another song like my Wood. He's never going to write another You Do Something To Me. He's yeah. not going to write another Up In Susie's Room. Yeah. So I go, I'm waiting for that. Just even a wee gem. But there isn't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there can sometimes kind of sound like Loungy type albums Got Like it. kind of background music Got it Yeah yeah um, Certainly not bad background music Yeah But it's just I just don't see him Writing another changing man That's what I want Okay Okay I just haven't had that So Paul's just announced Tours in the UK and Europe From May 2020 So yeah If you dig in Paul Well He literally just announced it this week What have you got on Paul? So I have I'm going to read this out because this I read this just the other day and it was kind of annoying, but it's fine. So there's a blog, If My Albums Could Talk To Me, and it's basically this guy who talks through his record collection and he takes certain artists and he talks through what he feels is their... What, how he rates their back catalogue of music. Got it. So he talks about Paul Weller. Now, in this, he includes everything that Paul Weller has done and he narrows it to the 35 albums... So, but this that's include his full career. The full career. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to talk through his top ten. So, what he feels is Paul Weller's best work. Top ten. You ready? I can see you've got issues. Why is that, Kev? I can just just my body language. So, number ten is Saturn's Pattern, which I mentioned. Yeah. Weller is in such a creative role right now that I'm thoroughly enjoying enjoying every album he releases right now. Yep. Which, fair enough. Number nine, Sound Effects, released in 1980 by the Jam. I cannot begin to tell you how good this album is. I'm splitting hairs in an attempt to rank Weller's albums. I would just stop here, mate. But um, number eight, our favourite shop by the Style Council. Um, number seven, Illumination, um, Paul Weller's solo album. Not a bad one. Okay. Number seven, I keep saying it, but it's true. Um, if this album were in anyone else's catalogue, it would be my number one pick. Number six, 22 Dreams. Paul Weller, this is Weller's first and only double album in his career. Number five, Wake Up the Nation. Paul Weller's solo album I in 2010. Really yeah. Okay. Um, 
for Setting Suns, 1979. Yep. This is the sound of Weller coming of age as an artist. Mm. Three, Cafe Blue by the Style Council. No, Released no, in 1984. No, no. Number two, All Mod Cons by All Mod Cons stands as Weller's first classic album. And number one, A Kind of Revolution, which he released in 2017. What? Now, I'm... Not sure that he's aware of the album Stanley Road and Wildwood, but honestly, work me up into a frenzy. I just want to share that. Where did they place? Oh, far. 20, I think it was. Oh, way. Yes, yes, yes. Really? Yes, yes. yes. Um, wow, that's, that's I think interesting. It was from memory. Yeah. You're scrolling down that page, I can see. It's not, it's not done well. Heavy Soul came 16. 15 was Wildwood. Okay, 15. 13 was Stanley Road. Wow. Okay, cool. What else you got? It's not cool. Yeah, well, I, cool about that. Okay. Um, then I thought I want. I mentioned in the last episode about some albums that had inspired him, mm-hmm. and so they were kind of albums from kind of an era gone past. There were albums that inspired him. Mm-hmm. I found an uh, interesting article about albums that he's enjoying listening to right now. I'm not going to go through them all, but there was a couple that actually stood out. So one of them was "A Love Supreme" by John Coltrane. After we talked about the whole. Jazzy McJazz Jazz Challenge. <laughs> um, he talks about this album called Once I Was an Eagle by Laura Marling. And I love her. Oh. And I was I was I was hoping to be that she'd be in Les Says. Oh, okay. But I'm not sure she's got an album coming out. So oh. enough and I don't want to go backwards. I read that she might have a new album coming out. Okay. Um she's such a talent, but she could be polarizing. So you'll go one way or the other with her. Okay. Um but I thought that was interesting. He names Tame Impala um, with uh, Lonerism. They're so good. Yep. Um, he talks about Revolver by the Beatles. I don't want to throw you under the bus again. Um, but I will. So um, I thought I'd mention that. Um, <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. It really is because it's amazing how many people find that in the top albums of all time. Anyway, the one that really stands out to me, though, is Chasing Yesterday. By Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds. Oh, wow. And then he says, I could have chosen an Oasis record, but if I'm really honest, I think this record and the one before are his best work. Wow. I don't want to piss on anyone's parade, but I think the songs here are just fucking great. It's very clever to be able to write something anthemic. It's not easy, and he just seems to roll them out. Wow. Mm. High praise. Um, Interesting that... He feels that that's his best work chasing yesterday. But it, to be fair, I can kind of see, if you look at Paul Weller's style, mm-hmm. I can see why he would probably stay, not stay away, but probably not focus on Oasis. And he'd be more drawn to the solo work that Noel would do because there's sort of similarities between the two. I would love to know what he thinks about his new work because, whew, that's out there. Um... I don't. I think he'd probably think he's is quite a good. Yeah, because he did the style council and he got into a bit of dancey stuff at the end of the style council, didn't he? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, this is brilliant. Radio X found this article too, so I wanted to see what your thoughts are on this. Go on. They rate Paul Weller's tracks top ten. Oh, okay, cool. So number ten, and this is again is all all of his work, not just his solo stuff. Uh, So number ten, going underground by the Jam. Yep. Yep, I agree with that. Um, that's entertainment by the jam. That's entertainment. That's... 
Um, a Town Called Malice by The Jam in at number eight. Um, English Rose by The Jam in at number seven. <laughs> from the Floorboards Up. Um, that's Paul Weller's solo album from As Is Now in okay. 2005. Yeah, okay. Number five, Wildwood. Number four, The Style Council, You're the Best Thing. That is a great song. Okay. Even though I'm not a huge style Council. Okay. Number three, Broken Stones. I was about to say, where is it? Number two, Changing Man. Yep. And then at number one, You Do Something To Me. Yeah, okay. Nothing controversial. No, no, no. But anyway, so that's, that was me. I was just doing my wee charts there. I like a chart. You love it. You love a list. Because I like to love a list, like a chart. Don't often agree, and sometimes they wind me up, then I have a full-on conversation with myself. It's like Les says in my head all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Singles and beds. The Changing Man, number seven, in May 1995. Plays in front of a revolving camera. Dancers and images flash as well. It actually, as a video, it actually holds up quite well today. You Do Something To Me, number nine, got two, on the 22nd of July, 95. Beautiful British countryside. They're out in some fields, playing football, larking about. It's quite cute. Broken Stones, number 20. We've played football for ages. Can we play football? We'd probably be knackered after five minutes. It'd be fun though. Yeah, okay. We'll yeah. Get, get some beers in, yeah. go to park, take a ball, probably yeah. just drink the beers, the ball stand over there. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Uh, Broken Stones went to number 20. Because I was always better than you, if I remember. That is ridiculous. <laughs> Rid- <laughs> Ridiculous statement. It's really not. Oh god, the fun. Anyway, the fact that you think we can still play football at our age, right? We'd get injured straight away, right? Do you, are you missing my point here? Broken Stones Sorry. only got to number twenty because I understand that. Why? Yeah, I do. Hold up, let me just. How am I going to verbalise this? Um, because it's not a charty song. It's not really a singly song. Yeah. It came on the pebbles on the beach. It's not a. It's yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. You're right. Uh, so they're on a sunny beach, playing along. Out of the sinking, got to number sixteen on the 9th of March '96. I was sixteen. Black and white video and cuts of live footage. Shall we get into the tracks? The Changing Man. Oh, that was in my top ten. Intros, was it your top ten intro was that? It's okay. amazing. It's such a great song to start an album. Just as soon as that guitar starts at the song, you just know it, you just know what song that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely love this song. Okay. For me, this is a ten out of ten. I don't know how you could improve on this song. Yeah, okay, alright. Um, so Paul said this, it's an autobiography written during another period of a great change for me. My fortunes were rising once again, but I was also splitting up with my wife. It's about me needing to mix up the puzzle just when things are falling to into place set fire to it light the fuse and then try and put it back together again awkwardly it started with the title which came from my daughter Leah she was playing with a little doll and I said who's this then and she said it's the changing man um, which is c- creepy creepy but anyway uh, <laughs> it samples uh, electric light orchestra Ooh. 10538 overture now what I want you is challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Listen to Paul Willis, The Changing Man. For, go out to Sp- and, and then flick on Spotify and search ELO10538 Overture. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same song for the first 30 seconds. It is the literally exact same song. I was like, whoa. 
how he didn't get done for copyright, it, it, it literally, until it started start singing, it's, it's the exact right. same song. right, I'm going to suss Yeah, yeah, suss out. But anyway, back to this, I think it's the same as you, great song, um, the lyrics, and the more I see, the more I know, and the more I know, the less I understand. That is just great writing. Amazing. I mean, the older you get, you do get more confused. <laughs> um, the change- Clearly by the top knot, but... Um... Next track. Hold on, I gotta play this one. Oh yeah. The Changing Man. Let me just tighten my. That's gross. Dodd knot. Wow. This is really annoying. Can I isn't turn it? off FIFA? <laughs> Porcelain Gods. How do you feel about this one? I love this song. Oh, wow. Porcelain okay. God. The shadows when it falls. Shadows when it falls. Love it. Paul said, this has that air of paranoid, dr- paranoid druggy menace and it's about fame on one level and personal ego on another. I had this image of a small plaster... Buddha toppling from the mantelpiece and shattering on the floor. Uh, you just sang some really good lyrics. Um, I do really like the song, same as you, and I think it's a really nice mix. The album is mixed really well. There's a nice little sort of kind of instrumental mix into I Walk on Gilded Splinters, which we'll get into. But Porcelain Gods, we're playing that? Absolutely. I walk on gilded splinters. Here's my skipper. Yes! Same. Same as you. And the irony is, that's the one that Noel plays on. Oh, yeah. And I've always found that. So this is a... Did you know this was kind of a cover? Yeah. I didn't. Walk on gilded splinters. So it's by... um, It's kind of a cover from John Creole in 1968. Yeah, it's okay. I get it. It's musically great and the musicians and stuff, but it's too jazzy for me. So, it's two that I don't really enjoy it. Good song, bit of a filler, not a massive fan of the end. I really, and it's a really small personal OCD kind of thing, I think, with the, you know how the record skips at the end? The annoys me so much. I don't know why, it's just a really small thing that I wish it would just, I wish it wasn't there. Oh dear. Annoys me. I'm not playing that. Nah, good, because that's the only one, that, that's, my, that's my only one. You do something to me. Jesus. I can't even. Gonna cry? Yeah, a little bit. Um, this song is, I honestly think, one of the most beautiful songs to come out of Britain, out of the world, ever. I don't think you can beat it. I don't think you can challenge it. This song reminds me of thinking, actually experiencing what love is from a young, like, first and then having your heart broken mm-hmm. and... Um, having that angst mm-hmm. as a teenager mm-hmm. but then as you grow older it's still there it's still a beautiful song it probably gets more impactful the older you get mm-hmm. because you think back on times in your life mm-hmm. you can hear I don't know I, could, I f- you can feel it through his voice yeah um, that piano 
oh, at the start. That's gorgeous, isn't it? And just, I honestly, you tell me a song that's better, that, that's more beautifully written than that, because it's so stripped back. There's nothing in that song that's loud or crazy or hectic, and the lyrics really, the the lyrics are what set that song apart. You yep. know, sometimes you don't even listen to the lyrics, it's the music, and we talk about the music of a song. Mm-hmm. Clearly the music in this track is amazing, but it's the lyrics that people remember. Mm. It's the angst that you can feel in that song. Yeah. It's how many people do you think in the world have sat down, listened to that song with a broken heart and a glass of wine? How many? Oh, how many? No, that makes people sad. But how many do you reckon? A fair few. Yeah. And I've always thought it was a song about unrequited love. Like, you just can't get that. That's that's why it hurts so much, that song. Because when you think of the lyrics, hanging on a wire. So I always think that to myself, like, hanging by a thread. Like, you're keeping me hanging. And it's like, you do that, but I'm still going to try. But it's probably not going to work. You'd nailed this. And I just always thought that. And that's where you get that real gut that feeling. Because you're like... Oh my god. So Paul, this definitely strikes a chord in people's hearts, a song for lovers. I'm told by so many people that they had it played at their wedding, their first dance. Ironically, it's really about unattainable love. Yes. But you can interpret however you want. Uh, This is from Visquez in Song Meanings. The song was given to me by someone else. He told me it was how he felt about me. It is about two people who are very drawn to each other, see something in each other that is special and unique that they can't find anywhere else. The other person makes them feel things that no one else can, and they are addicted to each other. But to be with each other would be like playing with fire, and it would never work or happen because it is forbidden. There are other people involved. Nothing has happened between them yet beyond conversations and deep talks, and the desire kills them, but nothing will ever happen. Ever. Whoa, way to like... Double down on that in case, just in case the other bloke reads it. <laughs> but it is true, right? I, I, it isn't. It isn't a love song for a couple. No. I've never thought that. Mm. You wouldn't give it to somebody that you wouldn't go. Oh, this well, is this, our the, song. Yeah, this is not. So a on that. Yeah. I've always thought about as either you can't get them mm-hmm. because they're not. And that's exactly what or this is saying. Yeah. You had them and it's done. Oh. Which is even harder. Like, you do something to me, but it's like, um, yeah, I just don't, I just don't, what's the line that always used to really kill me? Hang on. Uh, waiting for a change. Like, if you think about it, waiting for a change, uh, I'm waiting for the change. Yeah, okay. This is going to change. Okay. You're going to come back to me? No. Or you're going to become available, or... You're not coming back. Your feelings are going to change? They're not. And that's why people... Millions of people around the world have sat down with a glass of red wine and put it had on that song and just we cry. Bold. Um, so we'll play Stunning. this. Stunning. Play this. Oh, all of it. I'm dancing through the fire just to catch a flame. Woodcutter's son. I love the song. But I'm sad it comes after because it always, it doesn't go. It doesn't. And it's always bothered me. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. So I, I, I really like this song, but it doesn't go. And I go, you can't come out of that, you can't come out of that emotional what turmoil. Would you, what would you have done then? 
would you have had another instrumental to take you back out of that song? Maybe or, or another song of a similar piece. Because woodcutter song, not that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I would have had, what's this track after? Just... Uh, time passes. Yes, boom. But then no, because that's again. I just don't know if I would have had that one. Even Porcelain Gods would have been better after that. Because it's not as upbeat. Yes, it's got the... But Woodcutter's Son's a really upbeat song. And it's kind of like... It's a completely... Sh- it's a real shift. It's too much of a shift. It's not even lyrically close. It's not emotionally close. You can't put me through the ringer of you do something to me. And pull me out to Woodcutter's Son, for God's sake. I don't care about the Woodcutter's Son. Not now. I'm still thinking about bloody well what's going on two minutes ago, Paul. <laughs> right? Yes. So we're not playing that. Well, I do really enjoy it as a song. I feel that like we don't have to play it, but I don't want people to think that you don't I enjoy like it. it. Yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. Let's get into Time Passes then. Oh, God. <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> Oh god, I'm so glad there's a few hours between now and the Chemical Brothers because I don't know what I'd do. What a shift in my head. <laughs> Gorgeous song. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking too. It's about, you know, the split with the wife. I, I saw you today, or at least I think, I it, think was. it was. It's hard to say. We've all changed so much. Oh god! Compelled to look, but I hide my face. It's hard to trace these feelings. Gone so soon, this time I spent with you. And like an old, old tune keeps running through my head. I wanted to say so many things, but my mouth went dry. And for one word, and I'd cry. I'm going to cry. You are crying! Oh no! God. Oh my God, I never want to feel that. Oh God. Isn't that sad? Like mm-hmm. his, his relationship with his, his wife, it's, it's, he does talk about it. And it's quite, it's quite tough. Um, and then obviously this is them. Time's passed and he's seen her again and he still loves her. And he still has feelings for oh her God, and it really just changed. I can't take it! <laughs> oh, God. Well, you did cry at Paul Weller. It had to happen. So time passes. Let's just play the song and have a break for Leslie to get together. Two different stations And the parts we play And the things we say Words on the way To discovery You're right. Yeah, back in the game. Yeah, back in the game. Stanley Road. I now understand why you can't have time pass the street after you just (laughs) because you're crying. Because you would have drank the whole bottle of wine by now and be too pissed to listen to the rest of it. You'd be like that. That album's only got five tracks. What do you think of Stanley Road? The title track. Yeah, it's a great song, but as a title track, I always expect better. I actually. Exactly the same. Do you know what? The funny thing about this is, you, you nailed it. So, ironically enough, the first album that I sort of had of Paul Weller was his Modern Classics album. Yeah, it's great album. Right? Stanley Road's not on there. It's not no, on there. The no. title track of this album is not on Modern Classics, which is bizarre. But to, So I'm like, I'm listening to this and I'm like, you know, I'm not that familiar with this song. And it's... That, to me, is not strong enough to make the Modern Classics album. That's, that sort of doubles down on that for me. It's a good song, but it's not good enough to be on modern classics. No, I agreed. Paul said, when I was a kid, I remember asking my dad how long a mile was. He took me into our street, Stanley Road in Woking, and pointed down the far end towards the heat haze in the far distance. To me, there was a magical kingdom through that shimmering haze, the rest of the world. 
all life's possibilities. I always return to where I came from to get a sense of my journey and where I'm heading to next. Oh, it's so deep, isn't he? Do you want to play Stanley Road? Yes, please. Okay. Broken stones. Oh no! Don't cry again. We can't. We can't do this. Because it's not a cry song. It's not. It's just a lovely song. It's just a great song. Uh, Simply Sublime, the way it just drops. You know that, that high hat? That, mm. Oh, amazing. Uh, okay, can we talk about the harmonica? Yeah. When the harmonica first drops and it goes, like whatever the noise is, it sounds like it's off key. It just it sounds out of place, but then it settles in and actually goes with the flow of the song. I've never thought that. Really? What? I always think when it first drops in, it's a mistake. Like it's, and I, I don't know whether that's because they did the cut all together, but it sounds out of place for the very first, like, it sounds out of tune, and then it gets into it. So I don't know if that's a mistake and they've kept it in, or it's actually supposed to be like that. But it always catches me. Right. Mr. Grumble. Remember Big J in, in Perth that we talked about before? Oh, God, yeah. He always comments on Paul Weller's songs. Uh, it's a song for lost souls. Stones. Like pebbles on a beach. Kicked around, displaced by feet. All our broken stones. We're all trying to get home. Like losers rage. I can't remember. <laughs> this is so good. Uh, let's play Broken Stones. Yes, please. Pebbles on the beach. Kicked around, displaced by feet. Out of the sinking. Love this song, the drums and guitar are amazing. So I first heard this song on um, Sky Sports. There used to be one yeah, of their like yeah. used to be the football montage for like goal of the week or something, and that's where I first heard it. I was like, I love this. And then I heard it on Paul Weller and went, That's go. it, that's it. Um, Paul, I wanted to great write a great English mod love song. How did I feel when I wrote this? Frightened, insecure, crazy, but powerful. The middle section is pure small faces and I'm proud. Absolutely playing out of the sinking. Yeah, absolutely. Pink on white walls. I like it, it's not the best. Decent song. The lyrics are good. Uh, I'm not gonna play it. Okay. Because we're going into the home stretch. Yeah. Whirlpool's end. Whoa! One of the best songs on the album. What a song. Forgot- what a song. What a song. Forgot how good this was. It's simply fantastic. It's basically another perfect example of a final hurrah. Yes. Is it the best song on the album? Is it? It's nearly. It's nearly, isn't it? Okay, good. It's not just me. No, because it's amazing. The other ones make you feel and pang. This is just a great song. Amazing. Great writing. Um, I absolutely want to play Whirlpool's End. Yes, it's brilliant. Feel like I'm changing again. Upon the 
Now, you end the album on Wings of Speed. I knew this was going to be a point of discussion. Go on. Because why? Why? Because I can see why you feel on Wings of Speed, because you've got that real sort of gospel-y vocal at the end, and, mm-hmm. and it kind of it feels like the end. Mm-hmm. But then it's like... With Whirlpool's end, that's the end. If the album ended there, I'd have been happy. You're done. You're done. But I would have wanted Wings of Speed in the album somewhere. But that's also a final track too of a different type. Correct. So it's like two final songs for me. Yeah. Okay. I kind of get that. Um, So it's written. So Mr. Grumble came through again. It's written about Wellers feeling for the John Waterhouse painting, The Lady of Shalott. Have you seen this? No. Okay. It's a lovely painting, sort of old, old sort of painting about, and it's a, a red-headed lady on a boat, like a rowboat. It's actually a really beautiful painting, actually. I've never seen it, and I was like, actually, that's really nice. Because the lyrics are, In dreams she floats on a stream, with Jesus at the helm, the water reads that beg, her boat along the way as she comes to me. So it's, go have a look at the painting. It's, it's really, really nice. Um, so we'll end on Wings of Spade. I could do without it. I'm ha- oh, it's a beautiful song. Nah, Whirlpool's end. I'm done. I'm good. I'm good with that end. And, and then, because you kind of feel like it's the end, and then you're like, oh, wait a minute, I've got one more track to go. What's yeah. this? Don't need it. It's dark therapy all over again with Echo Bell. It really Don't is. need it. Don't need it. Right, reviews. Nigel, two out of five. I freely admit to being a jam fan, but slow to warm to Paul's individual efforts. And perhaps I should have stayed away, but I was tempted by the overwhelmingly positive reviews here. Nah. Not bad, but certainly just not good as my verdict. I'd give it two and a half stars if I could. Maybe I'm just not. An, maybe just I'm not an adherent to his style of music. But I got bored with the proliferation of runs and what I consider to be super fluish endings, lasting too long. The overall effect for me was one of the most consisting of too much fillers. I was running out listening to this album and trying hard to like it. When I came to the conclusion, it just didn't do it for me. Now. This is not a running album. You do not put this on to have a run round the block. Moron. No, no, no. You don't do that. No, you don't. You open a, you, you dim the lights. You've got a good book. Yeah. You have a bottle of glass, glass of red. Yeah. And you're settling in. Nailed it. Nailed it. Not running. Uh, let's go. So, Babe and Co. Four, 4 out of 5. Stanley Road is trademark Weller, blues and rock and rolls and moody ballads sung to excellent music performed by brilliant musicians. Uh, and how disappointed I was to turn out after all just a porcelain god that shatters when it falls, sings Paul, but he's not a porcelain god. He came to stay and he doesn't fall and shatter ever since he appeared in the jam as a fledging singer. Uh, what else have we got? Uh... Karas Baduki, 3 out of 5. Bit of a disappointment for me as I was hoping for more of tight classic songwriting that infuses wild wood. Unfortunately, Stanley Road becomes a bit of a melting pot for all things R&B. Do you get any R&B from this? <laughs> what's your flavour? Tell me what's your flavour? It's exactly like that. <laughs> Rating-wise, what did you give this album? Nine. You gave it a bag on a nine. What did I give it? Nine. Bang on. Both gave this a nine. We're in the heady heights of the nines now. Mm-hmm. If I give anything less than a nine from now on and it's above this, you are in serious trouble. It's the next album. is a perfect example of that. So, Paul Weller, we just talked about. He's, oh, he's... God! <laughs> so Paul Weller is touring next year. 
paulweller.com and paulwellerhq on Twitter. Number six, Les. Have you and seen Paul Weller live? No. I have. Three times. Three? Yep. I saw him once in Glasgow. I saw him once, I think, at Teen Depart. I saw him once uh, here at the Enmore. Oh, the Enmore would be great to see It was Paul. amazing. When was that? When did you see him? Oh, that a while end? back. Um... I'd want to say at least over five years ago. He was doing the um, Opera House last year, but it was really expensive. Yeah, I remember I know. that. I think we both looked at it and went, both went, nah, but I think we should have gone. Yeah, the Opera House had been good. Yeah. I think because I'd seen him a few times. Yeah, I, yeah. And then I think it was the release of an album, and I get wary because I'm always like that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to pay a ton of money when I've seen you three times to sign the songs that I want you to sign, you don't. Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, okay. You ready for number six? Oh, so not really. You I'm, just you just nailed it. I rated this album higher than you did. A lot higher. Define higher. No, not uh, look. More than a point. One point five. I, from memory, it's one point five. Jesus, which means I really you be... like this album. Promise. Yeah, yeah, definitely do. Good score. Good score. I just. This is probably one of my one of my top three albums that I really like, which you still like, but I like that just a little, a little bit more than you. Can't wait to talk about this album as well because it's it's a lot, a, so much to talk about in this album. A um, lot of lot of stuff happened to this band around uh, this time, and one of their key members of the band. What is it? Number six. It's the Manic Street Preachers. Everything must go. Everything must go. Wow, it's not better than Stanley Road or Story Morning. So probably people went, oh, it's the Manics, the Holy Bible. It is not the Holy Bible. Everything must go. And there is so much that has happened between the Holy Bible and this album. Um, particularly, we will talk about Richie, yeah, what course. happened to Richie, which is just one hell of a sad and just intriguing story. So. Okay. Can I just tell you my gut feel on this? Yeah, go on. My gut feel is I'm happy this album's in the top ten because it's a classic Britpop album. We all loved it. Reminds me of that time in my life. For you to try and tell me that this album was better than either What's the Story, Morning Glory or Stanley Road, you are really stretching the friendship. Okay. So that's just, my initial just, reaction. Just, just, okay, okay. Think about, I remember loving this album. And I think it stands out. Some of the anthems on this uh, uh, this album are just... And it has probably the most cheesiest manic song, Australia, which is so... It's a an anth- personal anthem for me because every time I hear it, I go, oh, you know, like... I heard that when I was like 16 or something. And I'm like, here I am. In Australia, it's just it's cheesy, like little cheesy things like that. Like, but it's got Kevin Carter, a design for life. Even the the very first start, the mm-hmm. Elvis impersonator, which is just so raw. I love. It's just it's got some great great songs. I understand manic fans. Manic fans probably look at this as the cheesy get into the charts, you know. But there is so much to this album, so much. So, and to to answer you. Obviously, at the time, I probably liked What's the Story more than this album. That's probably a given. But over the years, as you know, I've drifted away from some of those songs. Some might say the role with it. But with 
Everything must go. I've stayed more consistent with it, and I love listening to it. Okay. Is that justify it? No. You like this album? I'm, I'm not, yeah. Let's let's make that. Clear. But it is not. You do not like it better than Stanley Road or Everything Must Go. I do. Uh, yeah. That's the difference. That's a hundred percent the difference. So um, it's. I'm glad it's in the top ten. I want to make that clear. I'm looking forward to talking about it. There are some classic songs on this album. A Design for Life is still one of the. This is the anthem. But yeah, I am. Um, Struggling around my head right now because we've just spoken about um, the the amazingness of Paul Weller's Stanley Road, mm-hmm. and I'm not. I don't know. Just, just. Yes, yes. I'll let it sink in. Let it sink in. Have a little listen to the album after I leave. I will. And I think you'll find yourself just enjoying it for what it is. You know, it's just a really, really good, good album. Right. We are done. Yes. I, was, I, was, I really enjoyed that episode. Yeah, that was it was. Lovely. Thank you. Um, all right. Emotional. I need to go for a lie down. You do. You yeah. do. All right. So, Ripper Banter, Facebook and Twitter, or just email us. We need guilty pleasures, so send those through. We need ratings. Uh, sorry, reviews. Leave us a review. Love those. Make our day. And um, we will see you next week for Everything Must Go. I'm going to feed you tomorrow. Yay! Yay. Kem's tonight. Kem's Woo. tonight. Boom. All right. See you later, everyone. Bye. Bye. I see, so we fall your